welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name's Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. And today, um, we've kind of started this year really talking about the will of God. And we started with this thought that God, um, that you need to know that God wants to do great exploits through, through you. They that know their God, Daniel 11 says, they that know their God shall do great and mighty exploits. And see, there's, there's no need for a supernatural God when the exploits are achievable in our own strength. We just don't need it. In fact, I would suggest to you some strong words right now that the reason why you don't need God's presence and power um, on a daily basis for your life is, or, and, and therefore lose your appetite or hunger for it is quite simply because you haven't positioned yourself in a realm of faith where you get to a place where it's like, God, if you don't come through, I'm not sure what's going to happen. And so um, um, be careful when you pray prayers like, Lord, increase my prayer life. Because at times he answers that not through the form of giving us some nice spiritual desire to pray. (laughs) Sometimes he answers that prayer, Lord, help me to pray, or Lord, give me a desire for prayer or for your presence often he answers that prayer through trials. And trials, you, you can't like just, just being real, can we have a moment? You, you, it's, you can't bind and take authority over every trial that happens in your life. Sometimes God allows these things so that we can walk through them so that we can be formed into the image of Jesus. Amen? And so anyway, I don't want to go on too too many tangents this morning. I love a good tangent. You know it. But we spoke about the anointing last week. Today I want to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about power and authority. Just turn to your neighbor, say power. Turn to your other neighbor, say authority. We spoke about the anointing last week to a certain extent. Um, We gave a kind of brief overview. And I want to give you a few quick things that are going to help you process a little bit more. So get your note app out on your phone. Delete the spirit of social media. I bind that demon in Jesus' mighty name. All distraction right now. Come on, somebody. Um, I know it's tempting, but may the Lord liberate your thumb. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Even your thumb is free this morning in Jesus' name, okay? And so don't just get pulled over to that blue icon, okay? Or that whatever color icon you prefer to click. 
Um, but I want to lay some thoughts because when we anoint people with oil or when we talk about the power of God, at times we think it's just kind of like this thing of like, wow, this is all good, here I am. And I've got the power of God and, it, and it's great and it's fantastic. And whilst you and I have power, whilst you and I um, as followers and believers in Jesus have a measure of power, there's also a process by which we learn and mature into that power. And so even in the context of the anointing, I want to give you this really brief teaching as an introduction to talking about power and authority. It's found in Exodus chapter 30, I believe, about verse number 23. But it goes through the list of ingredients. Are you ready to write these down? This is Matt's cooking show. It goes through the list of ingredients of what is found in the anointing oil. If you don't know, Moses goes up onto a mountain to pray. Erwin, can I just have a little bit more on this? Um, Moses goes up on a mountain to pray. And as he is praying, God gives him a divine strategy and blueprint of what is in, or it can go down a little bit on that, on what is in the, um, what is gonna be in the anointing oil. And he specifies, he makes it very specific on how he is to make the anointing oil. And these, are, you can read about it in Exodus chapter 30, about verse number 23, but these are the ingredients and they have a symbolic representation that teaches a lesson of how we develop and grow in the anointing. So just because a man of God or a woman of God wipes some oil on your face, absolutely, it's a symbol of God's presence. Just because you are a follower of Jesus, you believe in Him, you have uh, Jesus living on the inside of you, there is still a journey of your formation where yes, you have power, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have authority. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But listen to this. The first ingredient, write this down, is pure myrrh, M-Y-R-R-H. Pure myrrh, liquid myrrh. And this was a fragrant resin that would ooze from a small shrub. And it was bitter. It was a, it was a bitter, it was um, bitter to taste, but it was fragrant to smell. It was bitter to taste, but it was fragrant to smell. The myrrh, this, this is, myrrh speaks of trials and perseverance. And so if you wanna be someone that grows in the sense of releasing the anointing that's on your life and flowing in it, you've gotta understand that one of the ingredients of the anointing oil is myrrh. It's bitter to taste, it's painful to go through, it's annoying, no one wants to go through trials. No one wants to go through hard times, but it's fragrant. It releases a fragrance, not just to heaven, but it also releases a fragrance to those around you that speaks of the work of Jesus that's happening inside of you. You know, it is amazing to watch when people go through trials and hard times and difficulties and it is such a blessing to watch followers of Jesus go through hard times, whether it's financially, whether it's, you know, we have a very multicultural church and we live in a very multicultural community and some of our multiculturalism is people have come from different countries and they've come, they've been fleeing war, they've had to start all over again. I know um, uh, many years ago now when we had a business, we employed a man from from um, Iran 
and um, he was a chemical engineer by trade in Iran, but had to flee war, came to Australia. We didn't, rec- or our government, our processes didn't rec- recommend his qualifications. But this man just walked through that with just the fragrance of heaven. Do you know what I mean? And so I want to encourage you, you want to grow, you're going through a hard time. We're not talking about fake it until it changes into what you want it to be. That's prosperity gospel nonsense. What we're talking about today is understanding that suffering is a part of the Christian experience at times. But you're not meant to live permanently in suffering. We'll leave that for another time. The second ingredient is sweet cinnamon. The bark of the cinnamon cinnamon uh, shrub. And this speaks of um, it, it, the, the root word for this quite literally means to stand up straight. Means to, to be erect, to stand up straight. And so here this speaks of uprightness. It speaks of righteousness. Now we know that our righteousness comes from the Lord Jesus and we're hidden in Him. But there is also a baseline for the Christian community as followers of Jesus, that we're not trying to work to be better people to get approval for God, but we certainly are allowing by His Spirit to change us into the image of His Son, Jesus. And as a result of that, we end up behaving more like Him. We end up being people of character and integrity. The third ingredient, are you seeing what's happening here? So that speaks of uprightness. It also speaks of strength and stability. Another thing found in the anointing is a, is a, 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 a thing called sweet calamus. Calamus or cane or a reed, other translations say. And just like John the Baptist, who appeared to be a reed shaken in the wind, the sweet calamus is a rod of strength. It's a channel and a branch which the oil can flow through. One of the fascinating things about the calamus is that it grows in swamps. <laughs> and there's, it grows in yucky, dirty, smelly, putrid places that no one wants to be in. And this speaks to us today that if you, want, you and I want to grow in the anointing of God being manifest through our life, we must take on the superpower of this generation, which is humility. We must humble ourselves. We must humble ourselves. Humility is one of the biggest keys. Humility is gonna be the thing that opens the, the doors of the heart of our world to the message of Jesus, humility. The, la, the, the, sorry, the fourth one is casea. And casea, the word literally means bowed down or to stoop. It talks about worship. It means to, to worship God. And some of that worship happens through sacrifice. Some of that worship happens through like what we were doing today. But it means to worship. And so here we see worship. We see humility. We see uprightness. We see trials and perseverance all being things that the last ingredient, excuse me, is the oil which represents the spirit. You know, all those spices, They sit on their own in their own right, but it's the oil that brings them all together and brings the fragrance out of them. It's the oil that makes them a vehicle for the presence of God to flow, for the fragrance to be released. 
And so I want you to understand this today. As you could tell, we could spend a whole, whole lot of time on that. But I want you to understand today that the anointing, just getting some oil on your hand or your forehead is just point one. It's a symbol and God is in that moment. It's not superstitious, it's biblical, you know. And so um, I, I want you to know today, I want you to know today that we are in a process of growth and transformation. And as we grow in that way, God is changing us. So now let's turn just slightly our attention to talking about power and authority. First of all, I'm gonna read from the book of Luke chapter nine, verses one. I'm not sure if I gave you this, Izzy, sorry. Um, Luke chapter nine, verses one. It says, he, Jesus, then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power, watch this, gave them power and authority. Gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, neither staffs nor bag nor bread nor money and do not, um, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart, and whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake, the, shake off the very dust of your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and they went through, through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Listen to that. He called his 12 to him and he gave them power. Dunamis is the Greek word. And authority. Ex, it sounds like I'm a bit of like Harry Potter vibes. Exousia. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's not. Harry Potter got it from the Bible. Um, he gave them power, dunamis, and he gave them exousia, authority. Two different words that at times we've interpreted as the same, same thing. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to read from verse 5. It's on the screens there just as we lay a foundation today. It says this, let this mind, everybody say mind. Are you with me today? You there? Let this mind, let this way of thinking be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I love that. Let this mind, what mind? Let this mind, let this way of thinking, which was in Jesus, let it be in, in you, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Did you hear that? What? is Paul, the author of Philippians saying. He's saying, I need you, if you're gonna be a kingdom person, I want you to change your mind about who you are. I want you to start thinking like Jesus thought. I want you to start shifting your mentality. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance of man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted and given him the 
name which is above every name. Thank you, Jesus. This verse preaches all by itself. That at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, he has the name above all names in heaven. And of those on the earth, he has the name above all names of any name on the earth. And of those under the earth, even the principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness, Ephesians 6, you know where I'm going right now. He has power over every single thing. That is the name of Jesus. And those under the earth that every tongue should confess that Jesus is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Ephesians chapter one, I've cut this up a little bit for the sake of time and for our reading this morning, but it says, therefore I, this is Paul speaking, make mention of you in my prayers that you may know what is exceeding, what is the exceeding greatness of his power, which he worked in Christ Jesus. So what does it say? That you may know. Come on, say it again. That you may God wants you to know something about your life that's found in the person of who Jesus is. And he's wanting you to know that the person that Jesus was, was a, was a type of who you can be. He is the last Adam, redeeming what the first Adam did at the fall. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? This is what he wants you to know, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Far above, we've been singing this all morning, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. We should have been sharing notes. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, come on somebody, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. God is wanting you to know through the person of Jesus and through Jesus sending the Holy Spirit that you are a person that is destined to live in power and authority. Let's have a look at some examples. A few scriptures are going to come up. You can take a photo of them if you like. It's going to help you. But let's look at some examples of the word authority in the Bible. We're going to preach in a moment. Don't worry. I'm sitting down. I've got my seatbelt on right now. But soon the, the captain will say, um, you can take your seatbelts off. Authority. We see it in Matthew chapter 7, 29. Remember, exousium. What does it mean in the Greek? It, it, it quite literally means authority to rule. And so here's what I want you to see about power and authority. We all have power, but we don't all necessarily have authority. I want you to see power and authority through this illustration. A truck driver is driving down the, down the highway going at, flat, at full speed, they've got loads and loads. It's heavy. There's power in this vehicle, power. But up ahead, the driver of this truck sees some flashing lights and sees something in the distance that catches his attention. It's one man with one small little motorbike vehicle. The truck has power. That one man that we call a police officer has authority. The power is subject to the authority. 
You see the picture? Now the Bible teaches us that we have power. He says to the disciples specifically that you've been given power and authority. What does dunamis mean? Dunamis means explosive, supernatural power. The kind of power that gets you supernatural results, not natural results. The kind of power that God has laid inherently inside of you as a child of God through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus, through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I was so blessed to hear that some of our young people on Friday night at youth got baptised in the Holy Spirit. Different gifts have been breaking out. Some are speaking in tongues, some are moving in prophecy. How good is that when 13, 14, 15 year olds are getting on fire for Jesus? Come on, it's what our generation need. And so, so God has put power inside of you. But what you and I need to work on is in what space has God given us authority to exercise that power? And the risk with this, and I believe that one of the reasons why we are in this day and age as the Christian church in the West is because we've got a whole lot of people trying to copy a whole lot of people. (laughs) You with me today? We've got, we see one successful church model and then everyone's doing that successful church model. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's what the Lord speaks. Yeah? Yeah? We've got one, we see one thing happen in one person and we make it a method and a pattern by which God moves. I've heard tragic stories of people trying to walk on water, flooding situations like, well, if Peter did it, I can do it and they lose their life. I've been trying that in my backyard pool for years. (laughs) Because some power... All power operates within a a jurisdiction of authority. Are you with me? We're going to talk a bit more about that in a minute. Let's keep reading. Let's, Let's go to these scriptures really quickly. Matthew 7, 29. He taught them as one having authority. He didn't just have power. The authority, he had authority, not as the and not as the scribes. Matthew 20, 23. I've got some new King James in here, so it's fun. I mean, old King James. And when he was come into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the peoples came unto him as he was teaching and said, by what authority dost thou these things? Do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? In other words, it wasn't it, it, the Their audience had seen a demonstration of a level of teaching the Scriptures. But when Jesus came in, they perceived. They couldn't help it. They saw that it came, his authority came from somewhere else. Jesus called to them, said unto them, ye know... um, Ye which, which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles, exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. John 5, 27. And he hath given him authority to execute judgment also. I feel like T.D. Jakes when I speak like that. Because he is the son of man. Let's skip down to the next one. Examples of the word power, Luke 9, 43. And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God while they wondered everyone, um, sorry, while they wondered everyone at all things which Jesus did, 
he said unto his disciples. But you, but as many as received him, he gave them the power to be sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Acts 1.8, you know this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power, can I just say, is not just for witnessing. Power is for the life that you need to live for him. God has given you power. One last lot of scriptures today that I want to draw a few thoughts out of and then we're going to wrap up. Exodus chapter 19. Exodus 19. You got that there, Is No Exodus 19? I'm holding out on you, bro. Sorry. Exodus 19. It's a fascinating story. God's power is moving in the, in the New Testament church. Crazy things are happening. Miracles, signs, wonders. People are getting saved left, right and centre. It's fascinating, the book of Acts, because there's this kind of weird commandeering slash redeeming of the Jewish way of worship. It's now been redeemed, and so that's why we see, for example, in Acts chapter 3, we see Peter and John, where are they going? They're on their way to the temple to worship. They're not undoing necessarily. They've just found a new way in what they do to glorify and honour the Lord. And crazy miracle, like think about it, think about it. It's early in the book of Acts that Ananias and Sapphira come and lie to the apostles. And if you read the text closely, it's like they're talking to the Holy, like you read the text closely, it's fascinating. It's like Peter is almost speaking as the words of Holy Spirit. What's caused you to lie to the Holy Spirit? (laughs) Guy drops dead. Someone else drops dead. It's a fascinating time in the church. People ask, where's God's grace? Do a study on that. There's lots of really good stuff in there. There's records in the history books from Josephus on the antiquities of the Jews. He writes, he's a famous historian that lived at the time of of um, Jesus and the, New, and the New Testament church. Did you know for all the skeptics out there, there is more actual ev- historical evidence for the person of Jesus than there is for Julius Caesar. And you're like, I'm not sure if he's real. Just work it out. It's simple, quite honestly. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Josephus writes that Shadows that, that they would light a fire, that some of the townspeople would hear the apostles are walking through the, going through that town. Peter's on the move. And there's records in Josephus' works that the townspeople would set up a fire on a long street, hoping that Peter or one of the apostles would walk in the way of that fire and the shadow of the apostle would fall upon the lame as they lay them down the side. And people would get healed. People would get raised up. There is a measure of power and authority that God is wanting to release into your life. Into your life. Check this out. Verse number 11 of Acts chapter 19. It says, now God worked unusual. Everybody say unusual. 
Are you ready for unusual miracles? God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. I'm not, I think here's the thing, I don't think you're ready for unusual miracles. Because I, I, I honestly believe that when those unusual miracles break out, we might go to another church. <laughs> because, and I just want to be real. Unusual miracles are coming. God's releasing unusual miracles to his church again. Unusual miracles. It means it's the type of miracle that you haven't seen before. It's the type of miracle that Paul, uh, Paul received. Remember when uh, in Acts chapter, I believe it's Acts chapter 9, he's Saul at this time. He gets knocked off his horse or donkey or whatever he's riding. And the Bible says something like scales came over his eyes. That's an unusual work of the Spirit. It takes a discerning person like Ananias, not the Ananias we were talking about before, another Ananias, to be able to receive a persecutor of the church, but then look at his face and realise that there's something supernatural on your eyes blocking you from being able to see and still disciple that person. Unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, this is fascinating, took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. First point that I want you to see is that exorcism is not a new thing to the Western Pentecostal church. Deliverance ministry is something that's been going on since the start. And it will continue to go on because it's a thing that needs to continue to happen, right? So they took it upon themselves to do what? To call upon the name of the Lord. Watch this. Watch this. Maybe they got out that song we sang before. What a beautiful name it is. Imagine maybe they were singing that and maybe they were singing some of our famous church songs. Who really knows? But what we do know is that they're copying what Paul did. Right? Check this out. It says, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. So I want you to think about this this morning. We're singing this morning, it's perfect really, we're singing about the power and the name of Jesus. And these Jewish people that have cast out demons before try to cast out a demon in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Are you with me? And the evil spirit answered, verse number 15, I'm not making this up, this is in your Bible. This is a crazy story in the Bible. Says to them, this is what the Spirit says. Shall I do a voice for it? No, I won't. Says, no. Says, Jesus, Jesus, I know. Don't provoke me, okay? Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? And to all my Christian brothers and sisters today, I believe that this is the question the Spirit is asking you and I today. In the realm of the spirit is your name known? 
in the name of the in the realm of the spirit is your name known then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on leap was leaped on them overpowered them remember there's seven sons here and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded this became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus and fear fell on all of them. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified and many who had, who had believed came confessing and, and telling their deeds. Also many of those who would practice magic, see what's happening? There's now an exposure that there's a realm of authority that these guys didn't have, that their magic that their spells, that their divination, that their witchcraft couldn't breach. Jesus I know, I even know, so the, the, the demons know your name, or do they? Do, does the spirit realm know your name? And this is what I'm talking about. You have been given power but you and I now need to ask the Lord, God, for authority. We have power because Jesus lives inside of us and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives and dwells inside of me. So, man, do we have power? I remember the day when I got baptised in the Holy Spirit as a 13-year-old. And that night I woke up all night, I could not stop speaking in tongues. I remember amazing God encounters for my life, but I also remember moments where I have walked out of the sphere and the space that God has assigned to me. And I've asked for God's, in Jesus' name, for things to change and wondered why they haven't. Because all authority has a sphere that it operates in, okay? Can you give me two or three more minutes? And so this is why just because you are called, you have a, um, um, oh, let me say it like this. This is how this message ties into our conversation about the will of God because God's power and His authority manifests in the assignment that He's called you to. And so when you and I walk, this is why have you noticed some people in the body of Christ, they have like significant healing ministries, for example. And it's because they have a, an authority and a revelation in that space of healing. Now, I pray for a lot of sick people, to be honest with you, and I do it in faith, believing that God would do something. And I, I remember at times throughout my ministry being a youth pastor and leaders in different environments where I've prayed for people, nothing's happened. Then along comes like a 10-year-old person. They're a human, don't worry about it. And they land, lay hands on them, but God is trying to show them there's, a, there's, a, there's an anointing on, there's a calling on them to really bring, to see that happen. See, what's sad is what the world does is we go, well, Benny here and he does healing. Well, um, word of faith, they do this. Well, this church does that. Instead of going, you know what, we've got to learn and we've got to grow and we've got to thank God for the unique expressions of what he's doing in the church. 
Instead of being threatened by what the church is doing down the road, we celebrate what God is doing in that place. It is beautiful. It is powerful. And we dare not touch the anointed of God. And I'm not saying that from the perspective of let's on a hierarchy. I'm saying that from the perspective of when God is breathing on something, we still, we still, even if it's different to us, we choose to honour. We choose to honour. See, I want you to know that authority is more about, is, is really tied into identity. David, you want to jump up, man? Is that all right? So the question today, see, authority, these, there's power in the name of Jesus, we know that, but there was no authority for these men. And so what I'm wanting you to ask of yourself today is what does my authority look like? What does my authority look like? Some of you, there it is, heaven. Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Have you ever thought about Acts 3 where Peter and John go to pray and what do they say? There's that man begging at the gate beautiful. I remember it from a kid's church song. But he says, silver and gold we do not have. But then what, what do they say? They say, but what we do have out of what's already in us, we give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. Don't settle down, church. And I reckon, I reckon it's a really powerful question to say, God, what's what's the the realm of authority that you want me to walk in. Because there's some pretty big spiritual forces out there that you can be yelling and shouting the name of Jesus all you want, but you're gonna end up whooped like the sons of Sceva if you're not careful. One of the other lessons to learn in this is you don't ever go looking for demons. We never go looking for demons. In fact, I wanna say this. I believe in deliverance, 100%. I'm all for it. But I think it's really dangerous when we go looking for deliverance moments. Let them come to you. That's how Jesus modelled it. Remember, He gets on the, on the other side of the lake and what happens? A demon comes running to him. Have you come before our time? In spiritual warfare, we're not going out 
it's immature to kind of go out there and just be like, and it's not because we don't have power or any of those sorts of things, but it's because we, we need to understand that we're opening ourselves up to something way more spiritual and powerful than we might realise. And so when we pray and when we worship and when we press into the things of God, that's exactly what we're doing. We're pressing into the things of Jesus and into His Spirit. And we're allowing whatever the Spirit wants to do, to do it. Do you know why sometimes people that have demonic oppression or possession don't get delivered? Because it's not their time. What do you mean it's not their time? Doesn't want God want to set them free? In due time. And this is just Bible teaching. Because He knows that if you kick some demons out now, if that vessel isn't ready, to move forward with Jesus, they come back worse. And there's a whole lot of spiritual things. I know this is a bit up here today, but I'm saying this today because I've, I truly believe that the solution to us walking in the things of God in this region and seeing God move has nothing to do with a better band, has nothing to do with a nicer auditorium, it has everything to do with your authority in the secret place. Has everything to do with, do, do they know your name? Do they know your name? Jesus I know, Paul I know. But who are you? And I wonder if when we pray at times, I'm including myself in this statement. I wonder if sometimes the spirit realm's just going, we don't know your name. And what's a name? A name with a name comes authority. And so when the name's not known, it's basically a statement. There's no authority. So you've got power. You, and that power is there to save you. That power is there to change you. Your name in that realm is an important thing. You say, how do, how do I, how does my name get known well you're not pursuing your name to be known you're pursuing his name you're pursuing him we're not ghostbusters trying to find the next haunted house you know what I'm saying what we're doing is we're pressing into the things of God and we're saying Jesus change us from the inside out let your anointing change us from here so that we can be like you and before you know it something powerful We'll begin to manifestations will begin to take place in your life. Let's stand, we're gonna pray. Father, we want to be a church of power. We want to be a church, Father, that doesn't just come here week in, week out. We want to grow. We want you to take us deeper by your Spirit, Father. And Lord, even in this moment, I'm asking, Father, for an outbreak of, of your fire in this room, an outbreak of your Spirit in this room, even right now. Come on, just find someone, just two or three more minutes. Just find someone next to you. Just begin to put a hand on them, begin to pray for them. We say we're a church full of ministers, not members. So come on, just find someone, begin to prophesy and speak life over them this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Help us to grow in our authority, Father. 
Help us to grow in our authority, Lord. Help us to grow in our authority, Lord Jesus. Oh, you're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be praised. We bless the wonderful Name of the Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, we magnify You. Oh, Lord Jesus, we exalt You. We bless Your Name today. We bless the Name of Jesus. We thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord. We praise You, praise You, praise You, praise You. Praise You, Lord Jesus. Praise You, Lord Jesus, that You're awakening hearts this morning. Praise You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Holy Spirit, that people are being filled with Your power right now, Father, that the gifts are breaking out even in this room right now. We thank You for that, Lord. We thank You, Lord, people. Someone's receiving the gift of prophecy right now. Another person, the gift of faith in Jesus' mighty Name. Someone this morning, you've never spoken in tongues. The Bible says these signs will follow those that believe. They will speak in other tongues. So I command your tongue to be loose to speak the believer's language right now in the Name of Jesus. Oh, mighty God, we bless the wonderful Name of Jesus. Oh, bless You, bless You, bless You, bless You. Bless You, Lord, bless You, Lord. Bless You, Lord, bless You, Lord. Father, we thank You for breakthroughs right now in this room. Lord, people that have been asking, Father, for significant shifts to happen in their life, we just declare in the Name of Jesus that to happen right now. Oh, in Jesus' mighty Name. In Jesus' mighty Name. Someone here, you've been trying to conceive a child and it's not working, but the Lord says today, I'm, I'm, I'm touching you right now in the Name of Jesus. In the Name of Jesus, you shall conceive a child in the Name of Jesus. Oh, thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Praise You, Father. I'm not sure if it's the same person, but God's just given me a word of knowledge around cysts on the ovary. You're being healed right now in Jesus' mighty Name. We give You praise and glory for healing of that in the Name of Jesus. 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 Thank You, Lord. Praise You, Father. Praise You, Lord. Praise You, Lord. Praise You, Lord. I'm going to do something I haven't really done much before, but I don't know. I'm... Someone got a brother or someone called Brett. I've had this weird thing or an uncle or someone, Brett, Brett. There's a Brett, there's a Brett. Give me a wave if that's you. I'm not sure if you're just worshiping. Over here, Brett. Donna does too. Okay, awesome. You got a brother called Brett? From work, all right. I've been calling my kids Brett all week. As a joke, as I do, because I'm a weird dad, but um, I think it's the Lord just been highlighting someone that, yeah. Um, you need to tell Brett that there's, there's a shift that's coming to his entire life. And I see an atmosphere of darkness being blown away by the wind of the Spirit over him. Two specific chains that have been holding him down, one of addiction, and one of oppression, bringing mental health challenges, the Lord setting him free. And he's actually gonna use you 
to lay your hand on him. And as soon as you do, it's like a wind's just going to blow over him in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise, Father. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Praise you, Father. Glorify the wonderful name of Jesus. Isn't God good? God is good. You know, one of the one of the greatest things that you can do this week for Jesus. You ready for this? Love your family well. It's no good being known in the spirit realm if your kids don't know your name. Come on, somebody. Your wife, you know what I'm saying? Husbands, take your wives out on a date this week. This is your homework. Oh, it's Valentine's. Oh, this is a great reminder. Thank you, Lord. It was a word of knowledge. But spend time with your families. Love them. Okay? Embrace them. Life is too short for you not to do that. Okay? Enjoy coffee, cake, prayer. It's going to be available for those that want it. And there's no cake. Just that was a birthday thing. Enjoy coffee, tea, water. We love you.